If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Players, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Special thanks to our friends over at PGC Basketball, Team Snap, and Lead Em Up for all their support of The Hardwood Hustle. Today, we finish a four-part series about coaches' traps and traps that coaches fall into and how we, as players, can respond. Uh, episode one, we talked about controlling coaches, TJ, and how do you respond to a controlling coach. Episode two of the series critical coaches we've all seen them we've all heard them they have something negative to say about everything you do it's almost like you can never do anything good in the eyes of this coach how do you handle that as a player episode three we talked about avoiding coaches those coaches that just aren't addressing the players or the issues or the habits at hand in our team and it's making you get to a point where you just don't even care anymore because coaches is letting this player do this and letting that player do that and you're just like screw it you know, how do you handle that situation? Today is a little interesting, right? Because a player may say, well, I don't want to handle this one. I, I'm, I'm okay with this one. But we've got to look at it from a mature mentality. But coaches often fi- fall into a trap of being a rescuing coach, constantly rescuing players. And the, the trap is that it creates helpless players. Mm-hmm. So a player may listen to this and say, I like when my coach rescues me. Yeah. <laughs> Looks well, yeah, out for me. It creates helpless people more than it creates helpless players. Like in the long run, you, you become helpless. Well, I think this one's interesting because the other three, it was like go talk to your coach was a big part of what you needed to do. You know what I mean? Like that was a big part of the answer. The rescuing coach is what do you need to do as a player? Here's my thoughts. Number one, do everything you possibly can to not be a player that needs to be rescued. Handle your business, first and foremost, right? Then if you have a player or players on your team that are constantly getting rescued, I think it's more about serving the player here than it is talking with the coach. I think it's about helping those players not need to be rescued. I think it's about helping those players to see the consequences of being rescued. I think it's uh, because what you, again, if it goes back to like winning and wanting to be build a great team, well, if you have a bunch of players that constantly need to be rescued, you're going to fall some point. Like it's, it's going to be a letdown. There's going to be some time when they don't show up on time or they get a technical foul or they don't care or they don't, you know. So what you're trying to do as a great teammate is help them become players that don't need rescuing. So I think this one revolves around one, taking care of yourself, two, taking care of your teammates. I don't know that you're going to change the coach. I think you just need to take care of A and B. Listen, this falls under your needs to be a proactive leader versus reactive leader. I see this all the time and talk about it quite frequently and lead them up that as a leader with your teammates, you know, it's so funny. Players always say, oh, I've got my teammates back, right? If you've got your teammates back, you will do everything you can to make sure they don't fall into a trap. That's what you would do if you have their back. Having their back truly isn't necessarily picking them up outside of the ditch that they've fallen into, but it's 
helping them not fall into the ditch in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference of a proactive leader versus a reactive leader, right? Can you be a proactive leader on your team to help that player that has a history of trouble, right, that always seems to follow that player, right? Can you be ahead of the game and be with that player to make sure they don't fall into it rather than all of a sudden they fall into it and then you go and you run to that player's side and you help them bounce back and get back you know can you help this player that traditionally and historically always seems to flirt with the 2.0 right for the last three years you've been a teammate with this person they've always been just right there on the bubble you know when the coach starts talking about grades and saying hey grades are coming out you know i've checked some of your grades some of you pretty tight he's always right there i don't want you to be a player that once he becomes ineligible you go and you start helping them get his grades back up and you say that's my guy i've got his back right no no there's nothing wrong with that per se but i'm gonna tell you what's better than that helping him from the beginning working with him, holding him accountable, pushing him, encouraging him so we don't get to that point in the first place. As much about how do you deal with a rescuing coach, this is more about how not to become a rescuing teammate. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're trying not to be the teammate that rescues um, players because you've helped them on the forefront and you've done that. So I think I, it's, it's a good point, like two pitfalls here. One is rescuing what do you do with a rescuing coach right and then part two of it is a are you a rescuing teammate or are you a teammate that's ahead of the game serving being proactive i think there's also another thing you need to be aware of that if a coach is having to spend significant amount of time rescuing you as a player right maybe and when you say what exactly are you meaning rescue me as a player uh, let's just use this for example your, your grades are really struggling and coach has spent an entire afternoon going from teacher to teacher to teacher to teacher talking about your grades trying to figure out a plan to get you a little extra bonus credit and some few extra points to keep you eligible so you can continue that's called rescuing you okay he's going out and rescuing you here's something though players Think about the time lost when a coach has to rescue you. Mm-hmm. Think about if a coach has to spend three hours on talking to teachers and then one hour talking with you and then two and a half hours talking to your parents and explaining it. It then also carries over to about a 30-minute conversation with your AD, okay, with the athletic director because there's always conversations and communication there. And then it continues over uh, maybe a few days later and follow-up. They follow up with each of the teachers and follow up with the parents and then follow up with you again. And now all of a sudden we're looking roughly, I don't know, maybe four or five hours the first go around, a few conversations in between that would maybe be an hour or two. Now we're at like five or seven hours and then having to do it all again to follow up and see how things are going. I don't know, you just spent 10 hours of your coach's time trying to rescue you when they could have been putting it towards the team and building the team and scouting and doing all different things, right? right? Maybe this is something that you haven't thought about it in this regard, but why when you need a coach to rescue you because you haven't done your job on the front end, how that is hurting the team and hurting the entire program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean grades is one, like, you know, technical, like just talking back to refs, like, Instead of telling you to shut your mouth, coach just says, well, they got a point. He got fouled. You know what I mean? There's so many little ones, and there's bigger ones. You know, somebody that 
gets in trouble and coach helps it to go away. I mean, there's there's small things all the way to not touching the line on a suicide and coach just turns the other way. I mean, there's the rescue and coach will just allow things to happen, you know, and allow things to go on. They'll always find a reason to justify that. And so will players that are, you know, rescuing players in that scenario. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a team has a whole bunch of rescuing players on there or has a rescuing coach, you're going to lack something. You're going to lack, you know, most of the time it's toughness. Most of the time it's um, the ability, the fortitude. Most of the time it catches up with you at some point. It absolutely does. And if you want greatness within your team, you've got to have a program uh, that's not built on rescuing each other, right? Instead, it's built on pushing each other and making sure you're doing the next right thing. So listen, hopefully you enjoyed the four episodes. If you missed any of the previous three, make sure you check those out. There's some suggestions and insight and thoughts that you absolutely want to hear. Uh, I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Harwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.